0: Five, Four, three, two, one. If we have any goals this season, absolutely. We're going to win a lot of games. We're going to get in the playoffs. Touchdown Bears! The Bears are what we thought they were. Go Bears! Bears nation. We have a young football team. We're gonna figure out how to finish and how to close games. We'll have a
1: plan for that. There's just something that that needs to be done. Something that needs to be changed. Needs to be fixed. We all need to look ourselves in the mirror and figure out how, what we can do to make this team better and ultimately win ball games. I'm tired of hearing oh, we're getting better. We're going in the right direction, but we keep moving. Guys, players, and as a team, we we want to win. We want to figure it out. Don't lose faith, guys. I don't-
0: it's time for the bears nation podcast with your hosts kevin lapka and jake hassan get ready for a lot of fun and excitement powered by powered by powered by bets bets. strap it in i know you're gonna dig this it's bears nation baby to the batmobile let's go Welcome in Bears Nation podcast. It is Wednesday, October 19th. Myself, jake Kasan, as always with Kevin Lapka, and as always brought to you by the fine people at Betstamp. Go to Betstamp, use our code BEARS. I'm not using a mic Great. because we were having issues with my mic last time and I want us to be able to use this audio. So I'm using my laptop mic to make sure that we are good stamp go to Betstamp. Use our code Bears. Get the best prices. Shop around. Help Betstamp help you. They'll make you a smarter, better. They'll make you more profitable, better. And who doesn't want that? So go to Betstamp. Use our code Bears. Show us some love. Show them some love. Help us help you. This show also brought to you by my concussion right now, which is a lot of fun. So, oh
1: Lord, Jake. Injured,
0: but we have a. I wish I could say big game, but we have a game to preview on Monday night football. God, I can't believe they're putting the Bears on primetime again and subjecting our eyeballs to that. Um, As Bill Belichick goes for the all-time win, not the all-time wins record, but goes for passing George Halas on the wins record for a coach. Um, And it's just a whole lot of us. As Bill Belichick spent six minutes – Today in his opening seven, press conference, seven. seven. I saw six. I saw seven. I'm just whatever. Six and a half. We'll call. We'll split the difference. uh Bill Belichick said six and a half minutes, give or take thirty seconds. Um, saying how good the Bears are and how what a you know how they're so good and Justin Fields is a threat. Yeah, you know what the Bears are a threat to my eyeballs, my senses as I put them in front of my face. On Monday night, they're going to be an assault, a threat to America. I mean, I'm being, I'm pretty sure it's domestic terrorism to put the Bears on primetime again. Second only to the Denver Broncos. It's just bad all around. The Bears are in for a rude and rough awakening on Monday night. It's going to be tough. Uh, but Kevin Lapka, how are we doing?
1: Oh, yeah, your poor concussion. It ain't going to get better on Monday Hon- night. Honestly, it's do,
0: it's- it was worse two days ago.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, well, yes,
0: concussions famously
1: go, or I've never had a concussion before, but I've got a lot of people who've had them. I, I hope you're, I hope you're feeling good.
0: But this is my um, third. third, Jake. Well, possibly. On? It's it definitely second, possibly
1: third. What is going on? But no, like that was this. A uh, the yeah, seriously. Um, I think Coach Belichick should just you know be the coach of Chicago Bears if if he sees the good in this team. Yeah. Then. Right. Come on over. Oh, come on okay. down, Bill. Come on down. By all Bill. means. You've been in New England for too long. You don't want to work with Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones anymore. Apparently Bailey Zappi might be, be little... good. Bailey... I saw it last <laughs> week. He
0: might be good.
1: He might just be good. We're not doing that yet. But there was reports about him and Mac Jones not being on the same page about certain things. And... No.
0: So did you see that? So I, I know what you're talking about. There's a reporter – uh in boston local reporter who was saying like oh mac jones is pissed off because bailey zappy is starting and he wanted to be hoyer because whatever and all these reports that mac jones has Andrew, but then did you see there was a guy who was claiming credit he just some random twitter user dm this reporter that this like oh yeah mac jones is Andrew attitude problem it's not going over while well in the rock room and the reporter just ran with it didn't fact check didn't do anything he just ran with it that's that's what it is it's not real
1: oh okay So it's just this—it's terrible journalism, is what. Yes, correct. correct. okay. Well, you know, nonetheless, uh, again, Bill, make your way on down to Chicago. We we could use you over here. We still have faith in Iberflus, but uh, we're gonna pitch that. But no, look, Bears back on primetime Monday Night Football. Yeah, like it's unfortunate, right? Because now the storylines are stacked against you, right? It it was a couple weeks ago we thought we would get the scenario where the Packers would be able to take the all-time. the all-time win, the all-time franchise wins in, in in league history take take over the Bears in that category on Sunday night. And that they got lucky enough to where that didn't happen because the Bears won in week one. And then now you have this where oh George Hallis and Bill Belichick can overtake George Hallis and all time wins as a head coach in NFL history on Monday night. And you know it's exactly what's going to be talked about. And I don't it, like there's no sort of other. Incentive to this for you know the Packers isn't going to motivate them, or did I say the Packers? The Patriots, this isn't going to motivate them in any way. You know, Bill Belichick isn't going to go in this game and be like, you know, oh, I I need to, I'm going to motivate him because I'm going to beat George House in the all time, you know, wins by a head coach in league history. No, that's not like a real thing, it's just the storylines are sort of stacked against you. And oh, yeah. um, is that really what you needed? Is that really what you needed? And that's this is why part of the reason, you know, yes, the Patriots picked after the Bears in the 2020 NFL draft. But I would have liked, did I say 2021? Um, I would have liked if Mac Jones was playing because then there's a little bit of motivation that would exist for Justin Fields because Mac beat him in the national championship with Alabama. It wasn't really close. Justin Fields, I think, actually had the better game. But the fucking Ohio State Buckeyes, pardon my French, were putting linebackers on Devonta Smith, putting Pete Warner on Devonta Smith and expecting that to work out, and it didn't. But it would have been sort of a storyline there. Well, Justin can get his revenge against Mac Jones, you know, and they're going to go head to head. These two guys from the same draft class and Justin's been pretty good against the quarterbacks in his draft class thus far. I think we went through this. I believe, you know, he's beaten Davis Mills now. He's going to play Zach Wilson later this year. He's, Technically, beaten Trey Lance, you know, for what it's worth. And, you know, it would have been a good storyline of, okay, him versus Mac Jones. There was all that talk about could the Bears potentially pick Mac if it came down to it at that point? That would have been cool. But, like, the thing we have to remember as it pertains to Justin Fields, we have one game of sample size for this, is he's a dog on Monday Night Football. He's a well, I wouldn't say he hasn't been a dog consistently. He was okay against the Vikings in that final Monday night football game down the stretch last year in December, but he was obviously a dog against the Steelers. And really, I think in general, Justin, you know, does tend to show up in primetime moments. And that wasn't really evident on Thursday, but he's not a player who I would say is afraid of the moment. He is certainly not Kirk Cousins esque when it comes to. (laughs) His God. performances on Monday Night Football. So here we go, just on Monday Night Football. I am really like, am I that excited for this game? No, but I know in the next couple. Your of Your text will... to
0: me today were very depressing. Like there, it was like it was like a Kevin Lapka that I've never seen before. Like it was it was startling. What did I say? You were just like your tone. Like you're just like oh, I don't know. Like this game, I'm looking forward to it. Like
1: just like your tone. Like you didn't have your usual i don't know i was worried about all right, all right all right all right is that what you want you want the pep let's go we're all in bears are winning by 45 obviously this is the way it's <laughs> going to be this is what we're doing if this is what you want jake i can give it to you i can give you uh the traditional blind optimism of well me. W-
0: well one of us has <laughs> to have at least a little optimism because okay. we know what's okay. going we're gonna it's, it's gonna be tough
1: Right, that is sort of the dynamic of the show, but we'll get to it. Trust me. Like, don't get me wrong. My goal at the Jake's having a rough week. He's he's got the concussion. You know, he's you know he, things could be better for Jake. So my that, that goal is true. by the usually, end of the show. Usually
0: by the end of the show, you rev up. Like you like you start. like You're like ah. Then it's like slowly up and up and up.
1: I talk myself into it because I'm trying to you talk, talk you You're into it, and, and I just I subconsciously am doing it to myself. So hopefully the same thing happens because boy do I need to talk myself into this one.
0: Yeah, I mean it is. On paper, objectively, it is a very tough matchup. Obviously, the Patriots' defense has been awesome so far. Like it's right. it's been really. Matthew Judon is in the running for defensive player of the year right now. Bill Belichick has this defense playing really well. Uh, I mean, over the last couple of weeks, the Patriots look all. They, I mean, yes, Bailey's Bailey Zappi playing well, and there and there were co- questions about how this offense was going to look with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia running things. Which yikes, obviously. But I mean, we talked about it a little bit, like. This is, like, we're going to learn a lot about the Bears this week. You've had 11 days to let these last couple losses, you know, really sit and sting you and, you know, fields after the game last week. uh, I'm tired of hearing how we're almost there. I'm tired, you know, know, we have a lot better to be. I mean, that Commander's game was so disgusting. We talked about it, obviously, in the immediate aftermath, but – I mean, you've had 11 days now, and I get it. It's the Patriots. It's the big, bad Patriots, and they look like they're getting back to their usual playoff selves. Um, and Obviously, Belichick is in the rank for coach of the year, and I already mentioned you. like, this defense is scary. I mean, this all – like, I know we're blind optimism on Justin Fields right now, and I've had my qualms. I've said that. I've been very open about how I'm not sure if Justin Fields is going to be the guy. And, obviously, you still have most of a season, three-quarters of a season for the most part, to figure that out still. But, man, like, <laughs> it's if there was ever a defense at the, on this day right now in the present NFL, like, as of this moment, as of October 19, 2022, if there was ever a defense you need 11 days to prepare for, it's the New England Patriots because they look really good.
1: Right, and again, it's not the fact that they have superb talent across the board, right? And this is sort sure. of a conversation that aligns with what we think the Bears should and could be doing with with their defensive unit, and sort of are to an extent. You know what I mean? They're, they're starting to get the best out of Kyler Gordon. He was the fourth highest graded cornerback yeah. well. uh, in the NFL last week on PFF, and and we know how we feel about that. But it, it's we'll worth get, something. we will get
0: we will get to <laughs> we the will grading get to the stats,
1: yes. Uh, and Kendall Vildar also has been a highly rated player in the past couple of weeks, and we already know what you're getting of Jaquan Brisker and Eddie Jackson, who is top three in the league in interceptions. I still believe I believe he's second. I don't know if anyone has more than three. We know he's got the three. He was tied for the league league last week. I don't know if anyone overtook him um, last week. But again, you know the, the thing that makes the Patriots so good is obviously defensively, they're they're just not going to make mistakes. They're disciplined, but they're starting to get a lot out of their younger players. You look at a guy like Jack Jones. You know, a cornerback who was, yeah. you know, a, a rookie cornerback, burst onto the scene, and all of a sudden is like a top playmaker in their secondary, and, and they just get the best out of all the players. They're getting the best out of Jalen Mills, right? I mean, they just take other teams' trash and turn him into treasure. I mean, and, nobody know nobody knew who Matthew
0: Judon was two years ago. I mean, not really. really. No, I mean, I mean
1: right, people knew the name, but did right. they ever think that he would eventually become a defensive player of the year candidate through six games of the twenty twenty two season? No, you know, not at all. Uh, But it's just the the things they throw at you, like and the evidence is there, when you look at what the Detroit Lions did for the first four weeks of the season, had the highest scoring offense in the NFL, and everyone thinks they're going to walk into Foxborough and at least put up 20 points, and they go in there and they get shut out by the New England Patriots. And yes, I don't believe uh, DeAndre Swift played in that game, and I'm not sure Amon Ross St. Brown played in that game either. But with that being said, there's... He did not. Like, neither of them did. That's they neither of them played, right? Right. Right. And, and, but it that's still an offense that was and, and is, you know, good. They have a good Surprised offensive people. line. What? Surprised people. I mean, it was Surprised people. Yeah. surprising for top most top five offensive line in the NFL. But the thing that just scares you the most is you don't know what they're going to throw at you on this defense. Like if you go through the roster again, like Devin McCourty, he's old; he's sort of a shell of himself. Jalen Mills, Kyle Duggar, uh, they're at strong safety can play, but then you got, you know, really at the linebacker position is where you're not really intimidated by anyone. I mean, you got Raekwon McMillan, Jelani Tavai and Josh Uche. And these are a lot of younger players who really, you know, are are not doing a lot for their defense or or really in your and someone else's eyes. But then you just the way they play as a team, the way they play as a unit, they hustle to the ball, they get to the ball and they don't make mistakes. And they do a really, really good job of not allowing teams to get first downs. I believe before that week four game, they were like top three in the NFL and uh, preventing teams from getting first downs. Um, and, And this is. That's what they're going to do, and unfortunately, that's the fatal flaw of the Bears' offense right now. You know, at the at, obviously, the red zone scoring efficiency is an issue, right? And if you're not, if you don't sure. score in the red zone, and the Bears haven't, you're not going to win football games. But that's why you lost against the Commanders. That's exactly why you lost against the Commanders. That game should have been one twenty-eight to twelve. But the problem that exists even more often than not for the Bears, and it wasn't really the case on Thursday, they did a relatively okay job of moving the ball down the field. Is they put themselves into so many third and long situations. And then you think about being in those situations. Now you're forced to throw the ball a little bit further down the field, which means you are resultantly asking your offensive line to block for a, you know, longer period of time and let Justin Fields sit in the pocket because they're not going to run play action because they're allergic to it. And it's just a recipe for disaster when you put yourself in third and long situations, and the Patriots do a really good job of putting teams in those situations. So, like, I, I the reason why I'm pointing this out and I, why I went through the roster is I think there are a lot of fans who kind of do this thing where you know they look at the names, right? It's a name game, and you don't see a lot of names on this Patriots defense. And when you watch the game on Monday night, you're not going to know a lot of these names. You're not going to know who Lawrence Guy is. You're not going to know who Davon Godshow is or, or Deatrick Wise Jr. Right? but you're going to be like damn this defense is flying to the ball they play discipline they play well they put your team in tough positions and you're going to ask yourself this Jake why can't the bears do the same thing when their defensive talent is equal if not better from a peer talent aspect and they sort of did on Thursday but it's it's this is it's all coaching this to me anytime you play the New England Patriots or you play the Baltimore Ravens or you play these te- or the Pittsburgh Steelers to me the the one name that matters more than any other player on the field especially uh, in a situation like this, when you have a little bit extra time, you have 11 days to you know prepare for this game. It's Bill Belichick versus Matt Eberflus in, in this game. I, I think that's yeah. exactly what it boils down to.
0: I mean, yeah, I, for the most part, I mean, I, on paper, the bears should have the talent to at least keep up with uh, the Patriots. It's just a matter of what have you learned over the last couple of weeks? Like, what did you learn from the Vikings game? What did you learn from the commanders game? And now can you apply that here? Like did, did you like, like you said, the Patriots linebacking core is fine, but you know, against the commanders, you use the middle of the field, you use those intermediate throws. Heart, yes. Can you continue to do that? Will you continue to build on that? And then can you start to you know set that up for some of these deep shots? It, it's just a matter, I mean, yeah, a matter of coaching I'm So, like you know, Bill Belichick is gonna have his team ready to go, especially when they're feeling good, playing well. He's gonna have that team ready to play. Now it's a matter of is Matt Eberflus going to have the team ready to play after 11 days after a brutal loss is Luke Etsy going to show us anything new on the offense like if like what did we say after the commanders game Kevin our whole thing was you have 11 days to learn from this look at what worked look at what clearly didn't and then go from there and obviously we've been saying that for weeks and yeah obviously it sounds easy to say and of course yeah obvious duh yeah that's all you have to do but <laughs> it's the chicago bears it's not always as easy as it sounds so show us that you learned something show us that you like Honestly, do we even know? Does it look like Nikhil Harry is going to play this week? Have we seen anything about that? No. Yeah, right? he
1: will, he's going to play. He is going to play this week. Okay. he is going to.
0: So, be active. Do we see? I, I mean, first thing foremost, <laughs> I'm taking kind of an offshoot here, but no more Velas Jones Jr. returning punts. That's a, no. thing number one. Can't have him back there anymore. Just can't do it. Now, option two, because I mean, like you like you were saying, when he's been involved on offense, you know, not special teams, he has you? been pretty effective. Yeah. Now, can you get Nikhil Harry? He's that big body we've been talking about. I know him all over the place. But Nikhil Harry, like we've been talking about, he's that big body. He's that guy that you're missing that you could possibly throw jump balls to because obviously Darnell Mooney can't do that. And, I, I, you know, we talked about our frustration with Darnell Mooney. Clearly, he's not a number one ace receiver um, that you were hoping he could be, and clearly he's not that. But just show us something different. Show us that things are going to change or at least capable of change. Even if they – don't get the results. At least show me that you're trying. I guess is the big thing Correct. because now we're at this point where you're two and four. You're probably not making the playoffs, and you, you know, draft. You know, we're looking to the future at this point. And I was kind of on that train from the beginning that this was going to be a hard season, and you kind of just wanted to see development. Show me the development, and this time not even from the players, but from the coaching. Show me the Correct. development from the coaches that you can learn and change and adapt. Because the whole time during the magnetic year was. You refuse to adapt. You refuse to change. You refuse to do anything differently. Show me that you're different. Show me that you're at least open to changing things and open to making your system work for your players, not making your players work for your system. Show me that you can change the system to fit your players. Show me that you can adapt and change things and grow and develop as a coaching staff and and change your schemes so you can have success. Even if it's not immediate success, at least show me that you're trying and give me hope for the future that there will possibly be some chance for success later down the road as Justin Fields develops and as you surround it with better players.
1: Ding, ding, ding. You hit the nail on the head. Admittedly, you know, I, I, w- I was calling for, we were calling for this last week, right? We, we were saying, you know, why aren't you making the changes yet? And, and I think I have to kind of look back at that in hindsight and be like, well, you know, admittedly, it probably would have been difficult to do that given what was presented to you with the schedule, right? You, you turn around, you play a Thursday game. Is that the right time period with three days of practice to completely switch up the offensive line, to completely, you know, thrust Vayles Jones Jr. into a larger role on the offense or bring Nikhil Harry back off of IR? No, you know, I don't, I don't looking back in hindsight, that probably wasn't the right thing to do. And they probably have had this 11-day time period circled on their schedule the moment that was released in in the summer was hey you know this is a time where if things aren't going right you have this period of time to figure something out and now like this you're you're right the the moment they take that first snap on monday night is going to tell me a lot before the ball is even snapped before the game is even played the who is on? Who trots onto that field for that first offensive drive for the Bears is going to be very, very indicative of how I feel about this coaching staff. And that, yeah, it's early, and it's going to be seven games through the season. But it's true. You look at the better coaching staffs around the league; they don't do this. They they make the changes. If you're struggling, they 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 bring somebody out and put somebody else back in. You know what I mean? And my ideal scenario is. The moment you start this game and when the offense trots out, take the ball first. I don't care. Take it. Make a statement. Try to go down the field. Score a touchdown. I thought that's what they would do against the commanders. They did it. They went down the field, and then they had that red zone interception. That was the right idea, though. Now, the commanders won the toss and elected to defer, but I like the idea of, hey, let's sort of try our hardest to get into a spot where we can create momentum offensively at the start of the game. But that's the original point. The Giants game. Right. Back to the original point, it should be, in my opinion, trotting out there once they pan the camera to, to the huddle. It should be Braxton Jones Mike at left tackle, Michael Schofield at left guard, or Jeter Carter. Lucas Patrick at center, Tevin Jenkins at right guard, and Larry Borm at right tackle. I mean, you have to do whatever you can to get Sam Mustapher out there. The experiment isn't working. But to not even put all of the blame on Sam Mustapher, Lucas Patrick has been terrible at left guard. And I don't know if he's just a better center than he is left guard. You know, that God, of part so. of it as well. God, I hope so is uh, is the right way to think. But again, you're not going to know unless you try, right? I mean, he, was, he wasn't signed in the offseason to be your left guard. He was signed as a free agent to be your center. He needs to be the center on Monday night, switch something up. And hey, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You tried. You have nowhere to go but up. You're not losing out on anything by moving and shuffling these guys around. At this point, it probably doesn't even matter about, oh, the continuity. You know, they haven't played with this line as a unit yet this year. It doesn't matter. It can't get any worse. You're 32nd in the league in, in pass blocking. Jake, the tweet you sent me, Do, do can I, let me pull it up real quick. You sent me this tweet today and it was the least surprising thing I've ever seen. I got it from Connor Allen NFL on Twitter. Bears quarterback. Justin Fields has been pressured on 50.3% of his 171 dropbacks this season among quarterbacks with 100 plus dropbacks in a season. That's the highest rate in pro football's database since from pro football focuses database since 2006. 16 years. Worst offensive line from a pressure standpoint in 16 years, and you're not going to do anything about it? No. And if they don't, I'm really concerned about this coaching staff's ability to not only adapt, but maybe even recognize the problem, right? I mean, maybe, hey, get on Twitter. Maybe read this guy. Read his stats. Like, I don't don't know. Like, if their eyes aren't being open to this, you know, that's a problem. But I – I think they are. Admittedly, I think they are. They have, they have spoken about that they're going to try these things. But it's, again, enough of the speak. We've, we've heard too much of the speak in the last five years. Too much of, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. All right, you can tell me that. Results speak. You know, actions speak louder than words. I want to see it on the field. Show me this new unit. Show me you're trying to make a change to make this team better and help out your young quarterback?
0: Right. I mean, clearly the offensive line alignment has not worked so far. Uh, I mean, Sam Moosefer, we've talked about, has been mostly a disaster. I, and We can't – Mostly? Really, it, I'm giving him a little benefit of the doubt, <laughs> but entirely. it comes to him a little slack. But, yeah, I mean, it's been a disaster. I, I mean, like it's just not worked. Whatever credibility – not credibility, but whatever, you know, slack you wanted to give him or whatever, like, little standing ground he had from last year, it's mostly, if not completely, gone already – I don't know what Lucas Patrick's deal is with his hand, if it's still not ready for snapping or what. But I mean, also, I mean, the biggest thing here is you're seeing how much you're missing Cody White here. Like, you're, you're it, it shows That's how much he needs radar. to this offensive line. Like, it, you, this just emphasizes how much a good, consistent, and not even just, and maybe doesn't he have to be good, but like, oh, no, he does have to be good. Cause I mean, you know, Sam Lucifer has been consistently there, but he's been bad a good above average consistent guy that's there that you can count on how much that means to a team, how much that means to an offensive lineman to a quarterback. And, you know, obviously he's going to be out a couple more weeks at least, but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, somebody in the chat was saying, throw Leatherwood at left guard throw. And you said, Schofield, like try something. Cause Mustafa just isn't happening. And, I don't know if it's just you – I mean, I said this a few weeks ago. If Doug Kramer was healthy, I believe he'd be snapping uh, right now for the Bears over Sam Mustapher. Uh, I and mean, that's my Illinois bi- bias aside. Like, I just – Mustapher has yeah. been that bad, and Kramer was a five-year starter at Illinois. Like, it's just – and obviously, you know, ifs and buts, blah, 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 blah. but it's just you got to – like, to your point, got to try something because it's clearly not working. Justin Fields is running for his life. He's getting his head taken off. After the Commanders game, we said multiple times, like, it looked like he just <laughs> died. On the field, it looks like he was oh. just laying there like a corpse. Like you, eventually, and multiple even said this: he's gonna get hurt eventually if you allow this to continue. Yes. Like if, okay, if you're gonna through. consistently try out this offensive line and this combination, you gotta throw extra blockers. Then you gotta throw, you gotta keep Cole commanding there. Ryan Griffin, Nikhil Harry is supposed to be a really good blocker. We'll see if that takes, but. You got to try something because if you keep letting him get killed, he's going to get hurt. He's never going to develop. And then we're right back to square one in two years. And that's just, you can't be there because that's how, if your Ryan pulls him out of you, floose, you get fired. You just lose your job. Like, you got to try something. I don't, Kevin, I'll give it a little bit more of a benefit of doubt. I don't think from play one, it'll be evident if things have changed or not, but it'll be the first series. Like, it, it'll be pretty quick, like, to yes. your point. And, then, like, like, like I said, I mentioned, it started like the Giants game, have a couple plays, start some rhythm and then take the shot. I mean, really, the Giants game is what the second or third play, but uh-huh. still like do something like try at least just And back to my point for a couple minutes. Just try. Just show me that you're trying because even the Giants game, that first shot downfield, it wasn't complete. But you are showing me you're trying, and that gives me hope as a fan to keep watching and be invested. Be like, mm-hmm. okay, hey, if they're gonna do this, at least I'll stick around and watch and see if Justin Fields can make something happen. But if you're just gonna dink and dunk and you're just gonna run Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery into a stacked box, then what's the point? You know?
1: There's there's a reason we seem to tweet out same old bears after majority of these yeah. losses. And like I wouldn't feel that way. You wouldn't tweet those things, you wouldn't say those things if what you saw was different, if it was a different way of losing. And yet the bears losing a lot of different ways in it from a negative standpoint, because they just find incredible ways sure to lose do. games, but it's the sort of, it's the same formula. Every Two weeks in a row,
0: yeah. <laughs> Minnesota and Washington
1: Two, yeah. Just, wow, like, Oh God. And I mean, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's incredible. They defy all logic and reason, but it, it applies to the offensive – we've been talking about the offensive line and what to change there, but it also applies to the offensive personnel and, and, the, and the talent that you have at wide receiver uh, and what you can sure. do from a play calling standpoint. And this is sort of interesting to me because I talked last night on Tuesday Night Bears Therapy with Kellen about you know the Bears situation. When you do compare it to other teams in their sort of situation where you're a bad team and things don't look good, You know, it's different because – Obviously, the Bears in the offseason have the resources. And a lot of this conversation was directed toward the fact that you enter 2023 with a real opportunity to change this team for the better because you have the ability to do that. You know what I mean? The Denver Broncos don't. The Denver Broncos don't have the ability to, to take a first round, you know, offensive tackle because they don't have a first round pick for the next four years. They don't have a ton of money because they're paying Russell Wilson 240 million dollars. But it also you know, to, to use the Broncos again as an example, like what are their solutions on offense? They have great playmakers and they don't know what to do with them when you look at the bears yeah like jerry Judy's awesome jerry judy's awesome Courtland Sutton's is awesome they haven't been able to get anything out of him everyone thought he was gonna be an all-pro receiver this year with russell wilson throwing to him and he looks worse than he has in the past years and when i look at the bears offense i understand yes their personnel isn't great but you do look at it as you enter this monday night game and you say well you know what there actually could be ways that we can use different personnel in different ways to make this offense better. And what I mean by that is, for me, it starts with Bayless Jones Jr., right? I got to be honest, not a great punt returner, all right? No. He returned two punt. I think he returned in, like, two games. He had two games on an entire two college games, career where two he was – well, yeah, but in his entire college career, he had two games where he was returning punts. He was never supposed to be a punt returner. He was supposed to enter as a kick returner, and they said, "Hey, you know, you're, you're you're our only other guy. I mean, Dante Pettis can do it, but if you can kick return, you can probably punt return. Devin Hester did it. Why can't you do it? Thrust him into that position, and it just didn't work. But just because he's been bad at returning kicks doesn't mean you have to lose his value on offense because his value exists. You think? You see the things that they've done with Velas Jones Jr. And I still don't know why they're not doing more of it. But it was in the first drive of the game last week or maybe even the second drive. The, the end around, you know, that gets him 12 yep. yards on, on, on a first and 10. And obviously you go back to the one of three snaps that he played against the Vikings where he scores a touchdown on a similar type play. You could do a lot of different things with him, but it can't just be that Bayless Jones Jr. We have talked. For so long, and this was our criticism about him the moment he was drafted, was he's that gadget guy, right? And, and, and they're going to use him as that gadget guy. He's got to be beyond the gadget guy now. He can't just come in and be your, you know, your Tariq Cohen and, and you're just throwing screens to him. You're doing end arounds and jet sweeps. Not, no, like those things are fine, but he has to become a receiver in this offense, receiving the ball down the field. That's what he has to be. And I don't know why you're not taking advantage of it, even as a decoy. Valachan Jr. is arguably the fastest player on the field at any given moment on both the offense and the defense – I don't like do whatever you want underneath and just send Valis Jones Jr. on a fly route. See if he can beat a man down the field. And you know what? If he does, it's a 70 yard touchdown. Cause Justin Fields is still a very accurate deep ball thrower. And if he doesn't beat the man, guess what? You intimidate that secondary a little bit. You bring, you push them back a little bit. They have to be conscious of the threat down show, the field. Show them you're right? willing to like, try. Show them the threat is yeah, there. Exactly. It's very yeah. basic stuff. You know what I mean? And like. I just don't know why every time Bayless Jones Jr. comes into the game, which is not very often, it's, oh, we're just going to get cute with him. We're just going to do endarounds and jet sweeps. Right. No, he's a wide receiver. He was drafted in the third round to catch footballs, not catch handoffs on a jet sweep. Give him a slant route. Give him an opportunity to catch the ball with a little bit of space and do what he does best. Make something out of nothing. That was his forte in college was he would get the ball in open space and he would turn into an incredible 40-yard gain. That's what I need to do. There's other guys in this offense. We'll get to Neil Keough Harry, but I want to hear your sort of idea of how you believe Bayless Jones Jr. can change the complexion of this offense because, you know, I believe he can, and we've already seen it. We've seen that he can. Yeah. I mean, you're completely right. Everything you said
0: is completely right. Um, I'm willing to maybe give a little bit of benefit of a doubt that maybe they're trying to ease him back in, you know, hamstring injury. You don't really want to mess with that. And maybe you're just trying to ease him back, but it's been three weeks. It's been 11 days. You had a mini-buy now. If he's not up to full speed by now, then uh, then it, it, it's intentional that they're not getting touched. I agree. 100%. You have to get him more t- touches because you're also just from a talent standpoint, you're really going to keep throwing to cinder block hands and Dante Pettis. You're really going to keep letting him drop passes. Okay, that
1: passes. catch was great on Thursday night, though.
0: Yeah, right, 1,000%, but for every one of those, there's three there's easy drop. passes yeah. that he drops, and it completely derails your offense. I'm not willing to make that trade. I'd rather he drop the tough one and make, you know, the routine ones, you know what I mean? So it's like yeah. at a certain point, like you got it, you have these guys, you're not, you're not overflowing with talent enough where you can just say, okay, you're just not going to use Villas Jones Jr. You can't do it. You like, you just can't. So yeah, I mean, I would love to see more villas Jones Jr. It, Cause again, it's more like, just show me that you're trying, just show me that you're trying something, trying to figure out what you have in the guy if nothing else so right and the same thing goes for the Keel harry and i'll give him a little bit of a bit of a, a doubt he had surgery on an ankle maybe he'll have to be eased in for a little bit but at least just show me that he's alive and well and they can maybe just start easing him in you know give me a series with the Harry. show me a little bit of something that you're at least you're going to plan to use him later on and going forward in the season at least show me that
1: again and i never really thought we'd get to a point where i was saying man, you might get a boost on offense because of Nikhil Harry, but that's where we're at. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the, that's the unfortunate reality of it. You know what I mean? And maybe it's not an unfortunate reality. It's just the yeah, reality, it's an unfortunate it. reality. Okay. Maybe it's an unfortunate reality. Yeah, just but, unfortunate. Okay. So obviously, you know, we, we enter this game and we're a solutions based podcast here. That's what we do. And course, solution yep. number one is get Bayless Jones Jr. Involved down the field, have him actually catch the football, do a little bit more with him. And solution number two is to actually give Nikhil Harry a legitimate opportunity. If you're doing the same thing, you just talked about, well, you know, maybe he's not ready maybe you know he's not full go Uh, like this is the same conversation with zach levine you know if anyone here is a bulls fan he's out today because of load management after being healthy all this time i'm sorry if you're active on game day i expect you to be pretty much 100 or at least playing half of the snaps you know what i mean like don't just come in to to be a decoy like come in and make plays you're active you're coming off of 11 days of rest you were activated off the ir you know You are active, you should be playing, and you should be out on the field. And, and again, that's not entirely on the player. It's on the coaching staff to put him out there and put in those positions. But solution number one, Baylor Jones Jr., solution number two, Nikhil Harry and his usage in this offense. You know, there's a little bit to consider, and this goes back to what we talked about when they first signed him, when you think about the potential and the ceiling of Nikhil Harry. We don't really entirely know what that looks like. And the reason why I sort of say that is, yeah, New England didn't really get the best out of him. That's true. Does New England get the best out of any of the wide receivers? No. And especially in the last three years, when you look at the quarterbacks that were throwing the ball to these guys, specifically Nikhil Harry, it was Cam Newton. It was, you know, uh, who else was there? It was Brian Hoyer and and uh, and Mac Jones. Like, You're not talking about guys who are prolific. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying every wide receiver needs a prolific quarterback to succeed, but it sure does help. And it sure is a reasonable conversation to have as it pertains to Nikhil Harry. And I think there maybe is a little bit of merit to the idea that Nikhil Harry is going to come into this game a little bit hungry. He's going to come into this game saying, you know what? New England ditched me. They didn't want me. They didn't put me in a position. Uh, To to be a successful wide receiver, I guess you could say, if that's the way he sees it, they sort of ran me out of here. I kind of ran myself out of here. I want to come out here (sighs) and prove it to him. And now, different from my mere smart Marset, who's no longer on the team, now don't do too much. Don't try to make a play at the end of the game that's going to cause you to lose the game. Run out of bounds if you need to run out of bounds with, you know, 20, 50 seconds left in the game. Don't do anything stupid. But, you know, if you're in the red zone… You know, Darnar Mooney went to Luke Getzi and the final play of the game and said, you know, I want the ball in this situation. He's like, this is my moment. I'm going to try to prove to myself that I am a guy who's going to make plays for this team. And I love it that he did it, but he just he just didn't make the play. You know what I mean? He just right. he, he, he just didn't make the play. But I like that mindset. And now I want Nikhil Harry to go in there and say, you know what? give me a one-on-one ball against Jack Jones or against. give me a a chance. You know what I mean? And that's what they should do. Give him an opportunity. If he sucks, he sucks. You unloaded a seventh round pick for him. It doesn't matter, but it goes back to the conversation we just talked about. You have to give them an opportunity and they'd be stupid not to.
0: Yeah. All right. Should we get to our bold predictions, Kevin?
1: (sighs) Yeah, we can. uh, Yeah, we can get to bold predictions. There was, uh, there was one other thing real quick. There's a couple other things I want to talk about as far as like the, the breakdown with this game. um, I just the thing that frustrates me about the Chicago Bears right now more than anything that I didn't think about until now when I realized it was we talked all off season and really what was tell me Jake what was the main reason the Bears hired Matt Eberflus I, like for, on defense they're hiring him because of what what's he bringing to the table what what was he so good at in Indianapolis that he was going to bring here the uh, hustle the hustle mindset and the takeaways, right? Top 10 in sure. takeaways each year in Indianapolis. You're going to come here, you're going to bring back takeaways, and you're going to win football games because of that. How many, sure. ter- what was the turnover margin in Bears Commanders? It was 2 0 Commanders, right? Yeah. I don't think the Bears, the Bears get a takeaway. I, I don't think they got a takeaway. No. And the Commanders got Carson, a Carson once didn't throw a, enough for their, yeah. Feet. That's, a, that's a fair point. But Commanders get the interception on the first drive. And then the Valet Jr. Muff Punt. That's two takeaways. You're not winning any game ever if you lose the turnover margin by two. And the Bears this year haven't been good at taking the ball away. Uh, they, They haven't been great at it. They've been okay at it, but they've been great at it. And you look at the games where they take the ball away, those are the games where they really have a chance. Those are the games that they are winning. You know what I mean? Like, you win the turnover margin against the 49ers week one, I believe. You either win it or you're tied. You definitely didn't lose it in that game. The other game you win, you win the turnover margin against the Houston Texans in that game. This is your chance now to get a turnover because yeah, Bailey Zappi 3 weeks in, he looks he looks he looks fine. He looks, he looks, he fine. looks pretty good. 300, 300, 300 yards last week. When you watch Bailey Zappi play. He's throwing to wide like Bailey Zappi right, isn't doing sure. anything special yet, okay? He's not doing anything special yet. Maybe he'll do he something simply well. He's simply played well, right? He's not making mistakes. And at right. some point For a rookie quarterback, there is a point of time in any rookie quarterback's rookie season where those mistakes come and they come fast and they come in an instant. It's like an avalanche. Like the moment that rookie quarterback you'll see makes a mistake, usually in that game, They'll make multiple of them, and it sort of all falls down because they've never been in this situation before. They've never you know, thrown an interception. How do, how do they respond to that? And this is a guy who's never really played in big moments in his career. He went to Western Kentucky. You know what I mean? So I think this is a real opportunity for the Bears to approach this matchup thinking, hey, we got to put Bailey Zappi in tough positions, force a turnover early, and kind of throw him off his rocker, I guess you could say, the entire game. I mean, you're at minus point three turnover margin per game on the year. That is not good you had to get that number back up. You have an opportunity to do it. And if I'll say this, the Bears are the they're seven point iron dogs in this game. They're probably what like plus 230 on the money line, Jake. Something like that. Yeah, I'm something sure. like that. Like I'll, if the Bears get two takeaways in this game, they win. And they might win that huh. game by 10 points if they get two takeaways. And yeah, it's probably a big if, but I, Jake, it's been a one-score game in like all of these games. Aside from the Packers game, it's been a one score game and you weren't getting takeaways in those games. So what can happen if you do get takeaways? You can really you can flip the script and it's a hard thing to do. But you brought this guy in for a reason. I want to see it. I want to see the takeaways. And I think they have a good opportunity to do it Monday night.
0: I don't know if they have a good opportunity. I
1: I I agree agree with your point. I agree with your point that a
0: rookie quarterback or even look at Cooper rush, like a a quarterback in his first like extended playing time. There's always going to be that moment where they have like the, the key turnover. I just don't know. Like theoretically. Yeah. Like Eddie with Eddie Jackson, with uh, Jalen Johnson, some of these guys on defense. Yeah. You theoretically should have those chances for those takeaways. I just don't know if it's going to happen because the bears really are struggle with generating pressure too. And if you want to get takeaways and generate takeaways, you know, it's not always gonna be Daniel Jones back there, you know? So right. that's just the idea of the Patriots take care of the football and I also pay Zappy that many to turn the ball over too. They might just take J. Stevenson and say, Here's the ball 30 times, here's the ball 35 times and run down the bears because the bears have had issues stopping the run too. Like so it just might not be in Zappy's hands that many times where you have that many opportunities to take the football away. So that's kind of why I understand. Well, I get what you're saying, but I just don't know that Bill Belichick, being as smart as he is, is going to give the Bears that many opportunities to take the ball away is the only thing for me.
1: That, that, no, and, and that's a very fair point. That's 100% a fair point. I mean, I mean you know, Bailey Zappi against the, the Lions, threw the ball 21 times, 17 for 21, but, you know, he had, he had four incompletions, and, and one of them was a the pick. I just realized, uh, how did I not realize this? Oh wait, no. This is this is wrong. I was about to say the Patriots are coming off the bye and against the uh, the Cleveland Browns, Bailey Zappi, thirty-four pass attempts. So they they are throwing the ball a decent amount against the Packers. When he uh, came in, he ended up throwing the ball fifteen times in about a little bit over a half of football in that game. Uh, has only thrown one interception on the year, but it does appear that they are throwing the ball more than the Chicago Bears are. Uh, that's for sure. So you know it's. I don't know. It's gonna. There's gonna be. He's gonna throw the ball enough to where you should be able to get an interception and, like, and how does that happen? Right. Again, we we do this all the time, and they did it a lot against Minnesota, and they didn't do it much against uh, Washington. Was there was they were blitzing a ton in that game against Minnesota, if I remember yeah. correctly. Uh, and they did a little, I can't remember if they, it's hard for me to remember exactly what happened when you, when you're at the stadium and you're, you're <laughs> there as a fan, you're so hyped up. Like, I can't remember, were they blitzing a lot on Thursday against the commanders? It seemed like it, because the first drive of the game, you had Jaquan Brisker blow him up and then Roquan a couple of drives. It, it later. also was
0: just cause like Carson Wentz is a statue. <laughs>
1: so <laughs> so that's also part of the thing too. Yeah. But Bailey Zappi isn't mobile. He's not. Sure. You know, he's not Correct. supremely yep. athletic. Right. I think. Uh, I think Allen Williams needs to adjust and say, "Hey, let's put him in uncomfortable positions again. Let him make a mistake. And if he makes a mistake early, you really can throw off. You know what? What they want to do for the rest of that game. You know it, they're not. It, you say of how smart Bill Belichick is. If Bailey Zappi throws an interception in the first quarter, how you know encouraged is he going to be to say, "Hey, you know what? We're going to let you throw it thirty more times now. You sure. know what I mean? then they're going to say hey let's go down to romanche Stevenson. and yes that could still be a winning formula for them because the bears rush defense is terrible but you know i i, I would rather take my chances against you know preventing the rush versus present, preventing you know an air raid offense where the the quarterback's carbon you up cuz so that's really how uh, you how you get killed on defense but that's all i wanted to say about really um you know what i think the bears can do against bailey zappi because i i just heard way too much about you know oh you know bailey zappi's going to race the Chicago Bears on Monday night. Like the Bears aren't losing this game by 20 points. They're not losing this game by 30 points. Like well, all right, well, these what it. that's a good segue then to this is what uh, I do. But make really <laughs> you set. know
0: real pro move by you, Kevin. All right, let's segue into our bold predictions and final game predictions. Produ- produce produced Jesus um presented by that's the concussion talking. Presented by Bet Stamp. Go to BET Stamp. Use our code BEARS. help yourself win more money, go to Betstamp, learn more, use all their tools, use everything they give you to price shop, to learn more, and they will help you win more money. And who doesn't want more money? So go to Betstamp, use our code BEARS, help them help you, help us help you. Most importantly, everybody wants more money, Betstamp will help you do that. Go to Betstamp, use our code BEARS. And thanks to Betstamp, we now segue into our bold predictions and kevin is it fair to say that one of your bold predictions will be takeaway themed
1: yeah it will be uh and i think this was your bold prediction last week and then mine the week before that and then yours the week before that because we've been doing this every single week because we're waiting, <laughs> we're waiting. for eventually, it eventually
0: we have to be right
1: eventually we have to be right i mean come on we do it so many times and you know it's a rookie player and we're waiting for his first interception and i think this is the week kyler gordon Gets not only an interception but a pick six. All right, Kyler Gordon is really good at jumping routes, and I'm seeing it right now. I'm envisioning it right. It, they're they're running a little corner route. Bailey Zappi is going to try to fit into a window. Kyler Gordon jumps it, takes it to the crib, or, or, or you know, a quick speed out or something. Those are typically how you get the best, uh, the best, the easiest pick sixes, where you know, sort of a speed out. Sure. The the quarterback thinks they can kind of fit it in there, and then boom, cornerback comes out of nowhere, takes it, and he's got a wide open jog to the end zone. I think, look, Kyler Gordon's been playing a lot better, which I really, really like. Uh, we were a little bit worried about him the first couple of weeks, but we've already talked about how cornerbacks sort of have a weird path to becoming good in this league, and sometimes it's a slow start for a lot of guys, not for Sauce Gardner. That guy looks like an absolute dog, and shouts out to him for putting that cheese head on and embarrassing the Packers uh, last Sunday. It. But I think Kyler Gordon's really coming into his own. <clears throat> He's got this chance against a rookie quarterback. Kyler Gordon, pick six, lock it in, and also – We'll we'll get to that with the the bet stamp. Uh, we'll we'll do that in the next segment about what the odds on that are if you want to bet on it.
0: Yeah, and, I'll, and also something that we really haven't considered. We think it's going to be Zappy. It might be Mac Jones. Like we might see Mac Jones in this game. Like it, it hasn't been confirmed yet. We're all assuming it's going to be Zappy, and they're going to give Mac Jones another week to recover. But honestly, even if it is Mac Jones, he didn't play great to start no. the year. So
1: Zappy's been uh, better.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be zappy, but obviously, you know, this could come out tomorrow and it's like, oh, no, it's going to be Matt Jones. Okay, awesome. Then we look dumb and all of this is basically moot. But anyway, regardless, um, yeah, one of my bold predictions, and I mean, you took the Kyler Gordon one for this week. Like you said, we've been flip-flopping, flip-flopping. Man, like, it's just, it's so hard to be bold with this team. Like, it's just, (laughs) expectations are so, so low. Um, You know what? I'm going to I'm going to go my bold prediction. I think Robert Quinn finally makes an impact in this game. Whether that's a big sack and a big moment, whether that's a strip sack, whether that's a, a batted pass, I think Robert Quinn finally has some kind of impact on the game. He has been mostly silent for the most part. Uh, you know, through 6 weeks of the season, 6 games of the season, we haven't said his name a lot, haven't talked about him a lot. We were saying that they should have traded him in the off season for picks and because, you know, he had a career year and they didn't and now here we are. I think Robert Coyne finally shows up in some capacity, whether that be a sack or a, a big fumble, you know, strip sack or fumble for something. Full prediction, Robert Coyne finally shows up this week.
1: And boy, does he need to. Boy, does he need to. They, they need it, man. They absolutely need it. Uh, they, their defensive pressure has not been good at all. And we talked about their ability to, you know, fluster Bailey Zappi. And if you're not going to blitz and it starts with those guys, I said it last week and I'll say it again. I didn't see a lot on Thursday. Give Dominic Robinson more snaps, getting on the field more. This goes back yep. to the same exact conversation about giving guys chances, giving other guys opportunities. No excuses. Now you've had the 11 days. He deserves a chance. But yeah, I mean, we, we've been sort of waiting for that Robert Quinn breakout game. And he seems to do this sometimes. He seems to do this where, He'll have that crazy gang where he just is, is present. Yeah. And then the next week, he disappears. Khalil Mack was kind of the same way in his last couple of years here. Uh, that's just the way it is. Shane M says, bold prediction. We score more than seven points. It's funny because at that point, that's not even that bold. Like, considering what the Patriots have done against teams in the past, uh, not, it's not entirely bold for you to say that, Shane M, in the chat. All right. Should we do our best bet segment real quick for bet stamp? Yeah, let's
0: do it. Uh, once more, bet stamp. Use our code bears. Go use their tools. Help yourself become a better, better by using bet stamp and using our code bears. All right, Kev, what you
1: got? Valus Jones Jr., anytime touchdown score. Lock it in. If anything, I put it this way, Jake. Like, I'm at a point where, aside from David Montgomery and, and sort of Khalil Herbert, he's probably like the third guy and Justin Fields as a rusher. Third guy, I'm most confident to score in the red zone now. Like, because I think they do like this idea of giving him opportunities and finding a way to get him involved in the red zone or they didn't do it against Washington. We obviously saw what they did against Minnesota. I love it. I love it. I think they're going to do a lot of creative things with him, and it better not just be a jet sweep, like find other ways to get him involved like we talked about. But I do think that they're going to obviously recognize that things did not go well in the red zone last week and something needs to change. And, you know, maybe we'll take more one-on-one chances to Nikhil Harry, but also let's get creative. Let's do something to Velas Jones Jr. He's a dynamic guy, and his speed should allow him to get to the edge against any defender if you're in a, you know, inside-the-five situation. Um, I love Velas Jones Jr. anytime touch-on-score. Again, we don't have the odds on that right now because the player props won't be released until Monday morning or Sunday night. Um, you'll probably get that at plus, like, 450 plus 500. I, I feel like it's 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 going to be up there. So you're going to get really good value on that. And be sure to use code B-E-A-R-S, Bears on BetStamp because last week I found really, really good value on some Darna Mooney props uh, at, at different sports books. We actually got plus money on Darna Mooney over receiving yards at a different sports book because we used BetStamp. So help us help you get some money through BetStamp. I am going Baylor Jones Jr. Anytime touchdown score. Lock it in, Jake. Let's make some money on Monday because if the Bears aren't winning, at least we can walk away with some cash.
0: And yeah, I mean, that's been the goal uh, for the last couple of weeks. Um, all right, my best bet, I'm going to go back to the well. It's been working week after week after week. Ramondre Stevenson over rushing yards. Whatever it is, go over at the Bears. Every single lead back of opposing teams to go over the rushing prop since week one, obviously throwing out the monsoon game. But – you know, they let Aaron Jones do it. They let uh, uh, Damian Pierce do it. They let Delvin Cook do it. They let Saquon Barkley do it. And they let Brian Robinson do it. Now, I don't think that's stops with Ramon Stevenson. I think the Patriots are going to run a lot, and the Bears' rush defense is terrible. Ramon Stevenson over on his rush yards.
1: There you go. All right. You're not wrong about that. And I also, I'll say... Justin Fields past two weeks, his line has been so ridiculously low on passing yards, and Darnell Mooney's line has been so ridiculously low on receiving yards. I would take the over on both of them, whatever they are. I mean, it, it's 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 been ridiculous how low they are. I mean, we're talking about low like mid one hundreds for Justin, around the one sixty range, and you know I think they've gone to a point where he's going to throw the ball enough to at least get that many. So I like those two.
0: All right, let's get to our final game prediction and our score predictions. Kevin, as always, I will allow you to go first.
1: Yeah, um, look, this year, I don't, I think, I, did I pick the Bears to win against the Packers?
0: Uh, I don't remember. I'd have to go look at our graphic again.
1: Okay, so I'm three and two on picks, I believe, or three and three on picks. And I believe you are now as well because we went, we were both three and two heading into the Washington game. We both picked the Bears in that game. We both lost. So no, I we think were, were both, both, we were both four and one heading into the We're both that four and game. one. So we're now four and two. Correct. Okay. That makes me feel better. I was like, that's not right. I can't we we both, we both game. picked the Packers to win. Okay. And we both picked, I picked the Bears to beat the Giants, I believe, right? And uh, I don't no, I fit. did. Okay. No, you no, I picked the Giants, my bad. Yes, you picked the Bears. I picked the Giants. So I think what I have to do. So we're both four and two. What I have to do, I think I gotta take the Bears in this game.
0: Oh my God. Just to try and take the lead.
1: No, not to not just to try and take the lead. Is that part of it? Maybe. You know, I I need (laughs) that, but also I I really I really risking it because it's gonna be hard to come back if I I go down four three and you're up five two. Um Look, all all jokes aside, all jokes aside, I I do think this is a very, very winnable football game. Is it likely that they win? Probably not. Is it a winnable game? Are you walking in here like a dead man walking in in Foxborough? No, not in my opinion. I mean, they've shown the ability on the home uh, on the road or at home to be competitive in each game and not let the game get away from you, right? Obviously, when people think about Bears-Patriots in Foxborough, you're thrust back to 2014 when you lost 52-26, to 26, I believe was the final score in that one. And everyone feels like just because of history, you're going to see something similar to that. I'm here to tell you that's not the case. The Chicago Bears, whether you like it or not, whether you like Eberflus or not, do a very good job of not letting games get away from them. And Even if they are down big at halftime, they allow games to you know stay close in the second half because they play great second half defense and they keep things close, and it may not look like it all the time, but they sure fight like hell. I mean, the Bears have not yet been blown out this year. They've had all every single game this year has been a one-score game except for that game against Green Bay, and yeah, if that's not at Lambeau and they call that a touchdown for Justin Fields at the goal line, which it was, that's probably a one-score game too, right? Everything that we know about the Chicago Bears is rooted on this idea that they are a team that fights hard and they're obviously inferior to their opponents from a talent standpoint, but they're not going to allow that inferior talent aspect to, to, to lose by 30 points. They're not going to allow that to allow them to lose by 30 points. They're going to, it's in the end, right? When it comes down to it and you need your players to make a your guy to make a play over their best guy, they're the usually the way it is for this team for the rest of this year, their guys are going to be better. And what that means is when it comes down to it, most, you know, eight times out of 10, because their team is better, when it comes down into the end, their team will make the play and your team won't. And that's just the reality of what this team is and what this team has from a talent standpoint. But look, I, I completely believe there's truth in this whole Bailey Zap thing and this whole, you know, fairy tale ending at some point. And maybe it doesn't, but I think they're going to understand. Hey, this is a, a rookie quarterback in his first primetime start, his first start on Monday Night Football, under the lights. He hasn't played in moments like this in college. Rattle him early, get a takeaway. I said Kyle Gordon picks six. I think it happens in the first quarter. You start off, you get a lead. And if you get, I mean, we haven't seen what this team is able to do with a lead. We've seen what they're able to do when they're down, but we don't know what they can do when they have a substantial lead. Maybe when this team goes up 10 to zero, they're an unbeatable team because they're really good at second half defense and they don't let things get away from them. And they play disciplined enough where if you have a substantial lead, you're not going to surrender that lead. And again, it's a hard thing to do, but Justin Field, the dog on Monday night football they're going to walk into, into Foxborough, make a statement in the first quarter. I think they go up, and I think they win the game. I think they win this game 23-17. Uh, that's, that's that's what I'm doing, baby. Bears win 23-17. You can get at plus 300 on the money line. Passion. Yeah. Um,
0: I, I, do, I, I do want to address, uh, you know, in its show, in the comments, saying that you should trade everybody. Um, buddy, just for the record, Fields on his rookie contract. Mooney on his rookie contract. Roquan on his rookie contract unloading them doesn't doesn't free up cap space you're paying them next to nothing quinn is the only guy you're paying and also on that like yeah i'm with you fields might not be the guy fields might not be very good but you really want to trot trevor Simeon out there like we know what he is like Fields
1: i heard that soldier field on
0: thursday people yeah i mean mean, that's people being upset like obviously that's going to happen like fields Might as well let him play and find out for sure if he's good. But, like, trading them does nothing. You're not paying them anything anyway. And if they are only backup quarterbacks or backup players, what do you you think you're getting for them? A six-round pick? Great. Might as well let them play and see if they're any good or if you can maybe make them be good. I also agree with Kevin that the coaching has, for the most part, on defense at least, been decent. Um, But we'll see what happens. That being said, I do think the Bears lose this game. I think they lose it handily. I think the Bears lose this game. Twenty-four to nine. I think. I think Ew. they get. Ew. I think you know because you Ew. know what's going to happen. It's going to be one field goal and then a late touchdown that they don't convert the two-point conversion. That is exactly what's going to happen. Ew. Twenty-four to nine. It's going to be ugly, Kevin. I like. I, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be an ugly game. Um, I mean, you're just out coached. You in, even if you're comparable on talent level, you're just so horribly out coached. Based on what we've seen from the Bears historically and how they are coming off of buys or mini buys, it's just going to be a rough go. And I really think it's going to be a really, really tough time. Hey, I'm hoping for the best. Maybe you get some flashes again. Maybe Justin Fields has another Dante Pettis type throw that he had on Thursday night. But we'll see. I think it's going to be a desperation touchdown if they get one at all. Things are bad. Things are really bad right now. Fine, everything's fine. I mean, it's like I said in the middle of the show. Just show me something. Show me that you're at least trying to make something happen, and then we'll see what. And then we'll go from there. So I think they lose, but God, it's it's so bad.
1: It's not going to be. Let me tell you right now. I'll put it on record because I want to do that, and I'll take the heat if I'm wrong. Everything is going to come together. This week. No, I'm just Okay, Everything's going to come together. But you will see changes. You will see differences in this team. And and I think you'll walk away, win or lose, you'll walk away being like uh, with a little bit more of a positive outlook on what you have in your rookie players, what you have in your rookie head coach, what you have in Justin Fields, sort of the same way that you kind of felt after Minnesota. But that was really only surrounded around Justin Fields. Now I think you're going to walk away saying, hey, you have something out of Caligord, and you really have something out of Valis Jones Jr. potential. You have something out of Nikhil Harry for the rest of this year. We don't think he'll really be here beyond 2022, right? You'll walk away with a more positive mindset. It may be a moral victory. I think it will be a moral victory, and it'll also be a victory in the win column. And then you work yourself back into it. And you know what, Jake, if you're 3-4, and four, you know what that means? You're in the hunt, and you're back. And on Sunday Night Football the following week, your name and your team shows up right in that in the hunt graphic, baby, right where we want it oh, God, the uh, huh. Bears are back. Bears are in the hunt. They're going to beat the Pages on Monday Night Football. Let's go. Respectfully,
0: respectfully disagree, but I, I respect the Kevin Lapka endless optimism. All right. Well, for myself, for Kevin, for Bears Nation podcast, one thing that's going to happen, we will be back on Tuesday or whenever to recap that atrocious game that is inevitably going to happen. And we'll talk about it. And then we'll do the preview for the following week. Because that's what we are. We're dedicated no matter what. We are going to be here no matter what through concussions, through shoulder surgery, through no matter what. Bears Nation podcast delivers for you. Everybody go watch the Bulls. Go watch my large adult son, Ayo play good basketball because that is better than talking about the Bears at the moment. Who knows? Maybe they shock the world. Probably not, but we'll see. At any rate, catch us back next week to break it down. Go to BetStamp. Use our code BEARS. And until next time, as always, Bear Down.